What is up, good people of the internet? It's time for another episode of Hype is My Superpower. My name is Steve Storman, joining you from Brooklyn, New York. And via the miracle of modern technology in sunny Southern California, it's my good buddy, Will Freeland. Will, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. Um, I'm bummed I only got to read so much of yeah. uh, comics this week. Um, I'm going to... I have plans on restructuring some of my week so I have oh. some more uh, comic time lined okay. up. Because now it's now it's part of a job. I have to read. Right. I yeah, can't just take a week off. <laughs> <laughs> you're stuck with it for sure. Yeah, yeah I, I kind of feel that way too. You know, when I'm when I'm uh, when I'm really down in the dumps on 1997, I'm just like, well. Ooh. I made my bed. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. It's, it's about time I got to sleep in it. <laughs> uh, you're also rocking the braids again. Oh, yeah. I got the cornrows. Yeah. Um, uh, got them on Tuesday. We're recording here on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to take them out tomorrow. Okay. Like it, it's starting to fray a little bit. Sure. Get a little loose. You feel more aerodynamic, though? Yeah, man. Wind isn't <laughs> stopping me from moving forward. It's great. <laughs> it's like it's like the early, early 2000s all over again. It's great. <laughs> well, we've got a uh, we've got a great show here uh, lined up because we made it back to Don of X. Uh, yeah, we did. After weeks of over promising and under delivering on the first round of Don of X books. We threw a curveball and we didn't announce it at all. I didn't know it was coming until Will, (laughs) you pinged me and said, hey, I think it's coming. And I said, well, if we're going to read five, I want to read six because that seems like an end to the arc. And you're like, I guess we're reading both. And I'm like, I'm dropping everything right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and like I said, the individual title, the individual books, X-Men, the first volume is one through six. Yeah. And all the other uh, ones are too, I think. So, uh, so yeah, we've got we've got Don of X here to to talk about. And uh, what do you think? You want to jump right in, um, or do you I want me to, like... to go? Do, should we should we have that be the uh, the main course and, and do yeah. some appetizers? We should quick? probably do some appetizers. Okay, you want to uh, you want to tell me how the rest of Spider Verse went? Uh, yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, not it it wasn't terrible so it it um two things so one thing i skipped over because i thought it was going to be useless is Mm -hmm. um marvel sent out this whole thing back when into the spider-verse came out um they did a hey send us your spider sona original art and so at the end of each issue they featured a different or three different fan submitted user created spider-man okay um they all have a different name like spider sting sea spider he's a pirate spider-man um and there's like two or three sentences introducing a spider not a big deal and i was just like all right whatever and then each issue uh jumps to a different universe and then we get to the end and we find out what's going on with the web of life there's a tangle in the web and the current weaver is stuck in the tangle and so they jump mm. into the tangle of the web to go and free her whatever um but one thing that was cool is in the last issue when they're dealing with the tangle they actually put in 
those spider sonas that um oh. they that they featured in the other issues so like each one has like one or two action shots where they're fighting and a couple quotes here and there and that was that was cool i appreciate that they did that um that, that is cool i this may be overly cynical of me but i truly hope that marvel compensated all of these fans for <laughs> oh for their uh, for, for developing for their characters for them yeah for creating new ip yeah yeah that, that that's a good question of does that how did that play out yeah um but yeah it very much ended there and it doesn't have a number so that's mm-hmm. it okay <laughs> hopefully okay. um it was it wasn't great it was very monster of the week with each issue but it mm-hmm. ended with featuring these user created uh, spider sonas that I thought was pretty cool so yay for that <clears throat> I've got a uh, spider verse related question for you I have a spider verse related answer for you oh do you this is, I'm hope. excited to hear it <laughs> it's very confident considering you have no idea what I'm about to say so on our last pod, you said that in all of these Spider-Verse stories, Peter Parker 616 is the one who jumps in and, and takes the lead. They all look to him for for sort of to be the center of things and contrast that with the Council of Reeds, where Reed 616 mm. is a minor player at best. Yeah. In Will Freeland verse. Oh dear. Where do you think you'd stack up? What do you think the other wills would be like? It'd be there. How many of them would have actual legit superpowers? I like to think a good number of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So (laughs) that's tough. So like in the will verse, there is an infinite number of possible me's, Mm -hmm. but generally as far as the the wills that would be featured there will be very they will be general variants on my core personality right yeah different turn here a different twist there so different thing emphasized generally emphasized yeah generally heroes mm-hmm. oh man what would a will villain will look like a willin uh I i'm gonna edit like, that out that was terrible uh a a villain will a a, uh a baddie an antagonist there's there's one of me that would be just me and there's one of me that would be like a sinister six kind of a thing Uh uh-huh master planner kind of thing Uh so okay uh so what we haven't talked about on the podcast is that my self-declared street name is (laughs) catalyst (laughs) because i make stuff happen i Mm -hmm. tend to say the, a different word, but I, I'm keeping our podcast PG. Um, <clears throat> cool. I make shit happen. So, <laughs> um, so as the catalyst, I try to make good shit happen. Yeah. So unless there is somebody who grew up, if there's a will that grew up being more confident and taking charge, mm. then they would be a leader. Yeah. But when there is a lack of leadership, I naturally take the spot yeah. in my life now. Mm-hmm. So I would at least be like a team leader generally. Right. I, uh-huh. I don't know if I would be the head. Yeah. But I'd be up there. 
I'd be up there. Delegate to me what you need done, and I will get my team to get it done. Yeah, that's that's where I'm at. I'm perfect middle management. (laughs) 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 So that so so I'd be I'd be up in the ranks, like Spider Gwen, Spider Noir, Miles Morales. They led teams. Yeah, but they were not Peter B. Parker. Right. That's my answer. Okay. Middle management. Thank, th- thank you. Thank, <laughs> <laughs> thank you for your for your candid response. Salaried, but not making the most money. <laughs> <laughs> not not on the executive team. No. Yeah. No, it's not me. Some real stock options, though. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Well, uh, and that's it for you, right? That's yeah. Besides, that's besides that's Dawn it. of X, that's here. Yeah, the second half of Spider-Verse and then 12 issues of X titles. Okay. Well, I read a good deal of 1997 this week, so I'll 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 jump in on that. Uh kind of hit most of the titles, just a little bit of each. X Factor. So I, I mentioned last week or whenever the last time I talked about X Factor was that they all tendered their resignation from the government, faked their own deaths, and set off to be an independent agency still having mystique and Sabretooth for some reason seems like you wouldn't want them around because you know they're always trying to kill people <laughs> you're not about that life but right you know whatever Especially Sabretooth. Mystique it, it, goes back and forth more than Sabretooth. Does. totally that is a great point and that's exactly how it's written in the title like Sabretooth is literally just a homicidal maniac and they're like we think he's going to do better with us than with, yeah, sure, sure guy. <laughs> so they fake their own deaths. And I kid you not, 10 pages into the very next issue, they reveal themselves as alive to the government agent who's tracking them down. Oh, all right. Yeah, it's just like, whatever. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to write them having to hide, so... <laughs> <sighs> <laughs> yeah, some real questionable decisions. Uh, I also forgot to talk about Havoc. There was actually something really interesting about Havoc. because So he he's not been part of the team for a while, but he's still in the book. So during Onslaught, or right before, he got kidnapped by Dark Beast, by AOA Hank McCoy, and brainwashed to be part of his new brotherhood. Eventually, he beats the brainwashing, but he's like, you know what? I'm not going back to X-Factor. I kind of need to strike out and be my own guy. And I thought that was actually, it's kind of an interesting develop. It doesn't make sense for him. Like it, it doesn't follow a complete straight line based on how he was written most recently as like, this would be the next decision that he makes. But I think it's an interesting development for his character because he's been a pretty nobody-ish wishy-washy character up to that point. And the, the times when he kind of has the most to do with the plot of a major storyline, he is brainwashed. He's turned right. into a bad guy, you know, like Inferno. He's taken over by Madeline Pryor's burgeoning psychic powers and becomes a love interest for her and, you know, fights against the X-Men. And then in Extinction Agenda, after he goes through the Siege Perilous, he emerges in Genosha and gets conscripted to being a Genosian magistrate and fights on 
the side of the Genosian government. And then mm. Age of Apocalypse, I mean, he and Cyclops are both, you know, running the the slave pens or whatever for Apocalypse. But Cyclops helps people escape. Havoc's jealous of Cyclops's position and is a bad guy the whole way through. So it's always kind of played as jealousy in crossovers, but he doesn't act that way otherwise. And so I felt like this was an aspect of the character that clearly keeps coming up for a reason, but that reason was never explored. So they're finally kind of doing that. I don't know if it's going to go anywhere or if it's going to be like an actually interesting development of the character, but uh, I'm happy for them to give it a try. Two extra data points for Havoc stuff. Are you familiar at all with the crossover event Axis? I, I know the gist of it. Red Skull stole Professor Xavier's brain and turned all the bad people good and the good people bad. Yeah. Well, <laughs> all but a bunch. Sure. Um, when they undid that, one of the people that didn't get undone, <laughs> one was Sabretooth, and so he was an X-Man for a bit, but also okay. Havoc mm. was... Axis bad for a while, just feeding into your uh, yeah. Point they just really it. like having him as a villain. Yeah, for um, whatever reason. But like, he's so loosely used as a villain. Yeah, they're like, oh yeah, he's he's turned bad. They basically turned him into just a morally gray person. Right. It was really annoying. But then yeah. so there's that, and then also, and they finally flipped him just before disassembled mm-hmm. but uh his time on the star jammers oh yeah i would say was one of the few times that he was able to like not be cyclops cyclops's little brother yeah 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 you know and so he you have to take him out to into deep be... space in order for him to get out, <laughs> of, got out of his brother's shadow i mean my god cyclops is it's a real shadow a hell of a shadow <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah he joined he joined the star jammers to go and fight Gabe, but you know, right. but a, another brother. But in the same way that Annihilation gave Rich Rider the opportunity to become mm-hmm. um, a serious war general, mm-hmm. like get the experience to be an actual team leader, right? Um, Havoc had that same experience during like War of Kings. Yeah. So the next thing I read was a short arc of X Men where the X Men come across Shang-Chi. Uh, mm-hmm. They're both meeting up with a, a mutual contact, uh, some, a spy dude that both Logan and Shang-Chi knew back in the day. And they are hunting down a compound that Shang-Chi's father made. Shang-Chi's father is Fu Manchu, but in the comics, they'll never say Fu Manchu because <laughs> he's a public domain character and they don't own <laughs> the rights. And <laughs> also... You know, he's a horrendous racist stereotype. But anyway, (laughs) so they, Fu Manchu developed this thing called the Elixir Vitae, which has, you know, properties for endless life or curing diseases or whatever. And Sebastian Shaw thinks that it might be able to cure the legacy virus. And so he throws this bone to the X-Men through this other contact saying like you can't let Shaw get a hold of this elixir vitae because he's basically going to privatize 
it and use it to make a bunch of money, hold, hold the world ransom over this. Because at this point, everyone's assuming that after Moira gets infected with the legacy virus, Moira still known to be a human. Everyone <laughs> is saying, oh, by the way, that's a really interesting knock-on effect for Moira later being revealed to be a mutant. Because yeah. she's the only human who ever gets the legacy virus. And oh, everyone's like, oh, right. it's about to infect the, the human population. Nope. Never happened. <laughs> She's a mutant. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So anyway, Sebastian Shaw, Elixir Vitae. Turns out Shaw doesn't actually have the elixir. Kingpin has it. Kingpin has been presumed dead for several years at this point because Daredevil knocked him out of the New York criminal underworld. But it turns out that all he did was just take over Hong Kong. Oh, is that all? (laughs) Is that all? Yeah. (laughs) Apparently this was like Kingpin's first appearance in a very long time. And it was an X-Men book, which is strange. But anyway, (laughs) so there's this big standoff. And Storm just says, nah, you know what? I'm going to blow it up. I'm just going to destroy the Elixir Vitae. Nobody gets a hold of this if that's how you're going to be able to use it because we're not going to be able to win this fight against Kingpin or this standoff with King in the middle of Kingpin and Shaw right now. So she just zaps the whole thing and it's gone. All right. And uh, a couple interesting notes. Uh, there's a character who popped up in this named Rory Campbell. And he is, he was a lab assistant at Muir Island for a while. While he was there, he received a prophecy or he witnessed a prophecy that he was going to become Ahab from Days of Future Past. Mm. And he's like, but I don't hate mutants. What the hell? I'm going to be a mass murderer. This is terrible. You know, he starts freaking out about that. He ends up losing his leg in an interrogation over uh, against a former acolyte named Spoor, which kind of like, oh, he's on his way to becoming Ahab. And it's an interesting sort of, you know, subplot of like, is it going to happen? Is it not going to happen? I think this is his last appearance ever, which is kind of a shame because I liked the subplot. But anyway, another thing I forgot to mention in Generation X 25, Mondo was killed by Bastion, who was just there for some reason. Never explain why. Uh, but then he kidnaps Jubilee and so she's just kidnapped she's gone and they pop up together in in like a little side scene of the X-Men story that I read just a little note running into Operation Zero Tolerance which is coming up soon because on their way home from from the mission in Hong Kong the Blackbird is intercepted by an Operation Zero Tolerance aircraft Boom. Yeah. Uh, next thing I read was Deadpool. I, I have to say that maybe it was nostalgia after all that made me read issue one over again and just be so charmed by it because it's it's really just not keeping up that same level of of enjoyment with me after these next three, four issues. Um he squares off against Taskmaster for the first time, starting that rivalry. So that's cool. Uh, he also teams up with Siren. Mm. Siren 
was established as a love interest for Wade uh, in in uh, Deadpool's second miniseries uh, when they were locked in the mental institution together with Teenage Mutant in a Coma. And um, Wade's been watching her sleep, which is really creepy. And she knows about it and gives him a pass, which is weird. But uh, <laughs> they, te- they team up together with the Weapon X doctor that gave him his healing factor in the first place because his healing factor is on the fritz. And that means that his cancer is coming back. And so they get a, uh, a vial of Hulk blood because it's gamma from his first mission when he stops that reactor in Antarctica and that that's supposed to, I don't know, whatever. It's pretty silly. And the whole time he's like, all right, like I'm just going to kill this doctor once we're done. Like he's dead. The guy's like, yeah, I deserve it. I was a real shit. And Siren's like, no, don't do it. You're going to lose your soul. And I just kept thinking like what a tired trope that is. Like, Oh, if once you kill somebody like, you can never go back morally yeah you can never go back from that exactly and not that i think killing people is good or that i want more (laughs) characters to kill people (laughs) i just think that it's not a thing that adds tension for me you know yeah right right uh especially someone like that like for a mercenary right like come on come on come on excalibur (laughs) it's just oh it's bad the crimson dawn okay so uh so Sabretooth was a captive of the of the x-men for a while he escaped and psylocke was like the only person in the mansion to fight him off he gave her life-threatening wounds and logan uh was like hey I know how to fix you, but it's going to be terrible. And so they went to Chinatown and found this, you know, passage to this interdimensional thing and used a, some sort of mystical force called the Crimson Dawn to save her life. Well, the Crimson Dawn, uh, some character, they call themselves the dragons of the Crimson Dawn. It's not really clear how they, Uh, are connected to it, but they all have the sort of red thing over their eye. Uh, They show up to attack Brian, Betsy's brother, in Excalibur. And I don't know, whatever. (laughs) They beat him. It's fine. It's really just like... Non-consequential. Not only non-consequential, just bad. Like, there's no reason to read this. It bothers Mm. me to read bad comics. I don't like it. It It makes me hate my own like obsessive completionist tendencies it's like (laughs) here's the thing it's like excalibur is like 18 issues away from cancellation or no less than that it's like 12 issues away from cancellation i'm just like gotta just just get there chug my way to the finish line just gotta just gotta read through this schlock yeah yeah so have um, you have you read anything that you are bummed has fallen by the wayside like a, a character introduction or a plot point bits you know like rory campbell there uh yeah Ca- Ca- uh caliban who i'm about to talk about oh, okay i really like childish caliban you know because mm-hmm. he he so he grew up as a morlock right right and he was basically a child and grew up 
goddamn underground. Like he has no <laughs> cultural understanding of anything, right? He's just like a, a baby and he's a, a ward of X Factor for a little bit. And then he decides to join Apocalypse. Apocalypse makes him an offer to be able to have revenge for the mutant massacre and become a horse horseman. Mm. And um, he eventually breaks through breaks free of that and he's like still hulking and massive from all the power that he got from apocalypse's transformation but he's still has like the mind of a child and i really enjoy that character and i think they got rid of him pretty quickly after his run in x-force but i'm really enjoying him on x-force i'm i'm actually kind of starting to like whatever's coming next in in x-force because we're, we're officially past the Jeff Loeb run. I read a couple issues that were centered around this sort of love quadrangle between Warpath, Siren, Risque, and then, you know, Deadpool and Siren's other love interest. Because Warpath and Siren, like, he had a huge crush on her. She, like, didn't notice it at all. <laughs> and, like, kind of tried to deny it. And then eventually he was like, fine. He meets Risque. She is just a terrible character at first. Like she can't stop saying her catchphrase, what's life without a little risque? Lord. Like, are you a fucking Pokemon or something? Like, stop oh saying. Oh my gosh. Stop saying your own name. Um, <laughs> yeah. So in the art. What makes, you, what makes you say it's risque as opposed to risk? Because that's the, a word. It's just uh, risque. Risque is a word that means like you know, sexy, scandalous, right? Yeah, and, and I haven't, I haven't seen R I S Q U E, you know, uh, pronounced I, any other way. Oh, okay, I, I just, when the first time I ever saw it, I thought they were just being um, cute and coy. Probably. Like, Ooh, let's make it edge. Let's make her risk, but edgy. Like, that probably oh. might be it. There's <laughs> there's really no reason to think otherwise. To be completely honest. Okay. <laughs> as long as I'm not like out of out not, of bounds on that. No, <laughs> never never underestimate comics writers' uh, tendency or capacity to misspell things right well it's always like on purpose ch- is it chod or chode it, it's definitely chode <laughs> <laughs> not just headcanon like <laughs> yeah 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 all the things that we mispronounced as a kid but then again we mispronounced the transformer swoop as boob so yeah we don't we don't have a solid track record <laughs> not that <laughs> oh boy but yeah x-force um they finally got adam polina back on art there and i i just really enjoy his art so that's that's a another point in that title's favor I didn't expect to like this title again, but I really enjoyed this little run. Um, yeah, so Risque drugs Warpath and delivers him to this new villain character, Sledge, who I found compelling. He's just kind of, he's a dude who, he's got this like giant head and these tiny little malformed feet and he uses like crutches on either arm to walk around. Mm. 
he promises to tell Warpath what happened to his tribe um, because they were all killed and it was never explained because it happened during Rob Liefeld's run. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> and so uh, in addition to a favor to be collected later, and then it's just kind of left open-ended from there. And so it like, you know, sets him up, like Risqué has been working for him for a whole time. So he's like kind of built up off screen as a threat and then, or, or as, you know, like a, an interesting character, a player in some sort of game. And then he finally appears on screen and he's just like, we're not fighting. This is chill. Like, I'm, I know that this is like suspicious circumstances. You got drugged and brought to me. You're free to go. I just want to tell you this one thing. There's a, another survivor of your tribe. He certainly knows what happened. I can put you two in contact, but I'd like a favor in return. Mm. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a cool way to, to slowly build some tension, you know? And it's like, it's a plot thread that was left unresolved for way too long. So huh. yeah. Um, it, I like it when, when a plot thread can be, when a dangling plot thread can be used to set something else up rather than like, cause if it's just on its own, something like, the 12, for example, which I'll get to eventually. But, you know, the 12 was first dangled in the 80s in the X, X Factor run while the original five were still there. And it was mentioned by a Sentinel. And it has absolutely nothing to do with what the 12 turned into. But because it was dang left dangling so on and built up and built up and built up, they're like, okay, we got it we got to do this at some point. Let's just do the 12. Come on guys. And it's like, you're kind of, if there was no editorial or creative intention to actually do this story arc in one way, the whole time, then it's just never going to live up to its buildup. So just, just roll it forward, turn it into something else. And to my earlier point about Caliban and loving Caliban, he starts playing piano and he's just playing this beautiful like Chopin nocturne. And then he has a seizure and everyone's like, what the hell is going on? Uh, and he has one again while they're tracking down Risqué. And so this is well, a thing. Uh, the other thing that happened in the X-Force issues that I read, Domino is returning to the country uh, after her limited series. I was telling you about with her ex-husband and all that mm -hmm. and she's returning under an assumed name she gets stopped by you know some um, some big scary government agents she gets delivered to gw bridge who's been hunting her in cable very poorly <laughs> for the entirety of the x-force run uh which is at 60 issues plus now and keeps keeps running into them and being like <sighs> like i'm gotta let you go this time but Oh, man. But this time he actually has a real reason to let her go. Well, first of all, he doesn't show up at this like stupidly inopportune time. He gets only her. He's in the position of power. And he's like, I, I need you to do something for me. I can't use my own agents because it'll compromise our position. But a shield agent is in danger because of Operation Zero Tolerance. And I need you to work for me to help her out. And she's like, well, that's ridiculous. I'm not going to, he's like, wait, I didn't tell you who the agent is. It's Danny Moonstar who has been presumed to be a 
member of the Mutant Liberation Front for like five years of publication time now, but like huh. not like kind of disrupting some of their operations and like like she's crossed lines to work with X-Force a few times. So like she hasn't made a real villain turn. She hasn't done anything like morally damning or super questionable. Mm -hmm. And so this is a cool reveal. She's been working for S.H.I.E.L.D. uh, undercover this whole time. Interesting. Yeah. So we'll see what goes with that. I'm I'm very happy to have an X title that I'm enjoying reading. (laughs) And yeah, that's that's my 1997 note. So let's get to the good stuff. Let's get, get to the good stuff, man. Get to Dawn of X. And this oh, is sorry. so this is this is the payoff. Oh, sorry. There uh, there is one. Um, oh yeah. I freaked out because the my only frame of reference for GW Bridge uh-huh. is one of your collectible cards that you yeah. had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From back in the day. He showed up. In at the end of a book I was reading uh, on vacation. Oh, I totally forgot to bring that. That's nice. I'm so get, sorry. Get, get the old guy a little a little run. Yeah. What was it? Ravencroft. Oh, <laughs> interesting. Uh, yeah. So Norman Osborn uh, sure. was put to work by Janus. J A N U S, but it's okay. an acronym, and I don't know what it of stands for. Of course. Um, Marvel and, and their acronyms. Yeah, and. He was put in charge of putting things in motion to basically put some power, some people into play uh, mm-hmm. in the new Ravencroft. So Janice is led by, so they, there's a council and they've got GW Bridge. Mm-hmm. They have Contessa Valentina de mm-hmm. Allegra de Fontaine, yep. James McDonald Hudson, okay, in- Indicator. Oh. Yeah. Um, Malcolm Colcord, who I don't know off the top of he, my head. He's a uh, Weapon X guy. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. Monica Rappaccini, she's uh, AIM. Yeah. And and Madam Viper, who's Hydra. So I am very interested to see where this goes. Yeah. But yeah, it's such a weird uh, group to be on the same panel together, too. Yeah, no kidding. Like you have, you have Alpha Flight, you have Shield, you have... Weapon X, you have AIM, you have Hydra. Yeah, that's that's terrifying. Yeah, Colcourt. Oh man, what a terrible, terrible person. <laughs> right. So um, to the point where Osborne is reporting to them, and Osborne reports to nobody. So yeah. uh, it was just the last. It was like the last panel before the like epilogue scene. So interesting. Interesting to see where that goes. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, I think in that it's interesting what bridge represents because or like when they would decide why they would decide to use him there. He's like the, the misguided, but not Hydra side of shield. Oh, like he's shield. He's definitely shield. Yeah. But he's, he always ends up like on the wrong side of things, you Hmm. know, and, and specifically hates cable. Interesting. Because he was part of a, a mercenary group with Cable before he joined S.H.I.E.L.D. And Cable led mm. them on a mission that nearly killed all of them, left two of their members paraplegic or quadriplegic. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I'll have to keep you posted on where, what comes from that. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> uh, yeah. So Dawn of X, volume five and six. Dawn of X. So this is, yeah. So this is the 
payoff, right? Like we, uh, like we yeah. said at the start of the show, these are all six issue volumes and we read one through four uh, for our giant size Don of X pod number one. And now we get the, I hesitate to say conclusions of these stories because only one of them really ended. I feel like most of, most of these payoffs were really more about setting up future stories than they were about concluding something. Oh, you mean you mean you mean <laughs> like 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 Hickman was at the head of all of this or something? Well, right, <laughs> yeah, right. Oh yeah, man, yeah. oh man, oh man. So much. It's they're they're such fun reads. Yeah, yeah, they really are. These Dawn titles. I am also kind of thankful that Fallen Angels is done. It was. It worked for what it was. It was a tone. It, it was about tone. It was, yeah, it wasn't a plot thing. It was the just, art was amazing. Yeah. The art, the art and was great. again, the full page composition. I remember reading something that was arguing that the elemental unit of comics isn't a panel because panels only really make sense in relation to one another. So the elemental unit of a comic is actually a page. Mm-hmm. And like, for example, you see Chris Bacciolo use this sort of technique a lot, but using your panel borders as part of your storytelling yeah. uh, device and you know, just the way that, you know, the, the type of cuts that you use and the way that panels work in relation to each other. It told us a story, not with plot, but with tone. And I thought that was interesting, but yeah, didn't really have a whole lot to say about it besides that. I don't, I don't yeah. even think I took any notes on it. There was, uh, I mean, it was fun to see them pull in, husk and bling because they're so rarely used yeah so volume five and part of it is related to fallen angels is the first time that there is an arguable disconnect in its connection to the x titles right i was yes i was gonna bring that up in Uh, in terms of timeline and continuity uh uh-huh yeah with with laura kinney with x23 yeah, so up in, in two titles, in and in X four and in X Men number five, she disappears into the vault for months and counting. <laughs> yeah, um, and she's still being published in in Fallen Angels, and and the the release schedule issue. of these it makes you think that this is all like pretty meticulously plotted in terms yeah. of of you know a, a sort of ongoing continuity shared continuity timeline between all of these titles and this is yeah. sort of the first pinprick in that that makes you say no wait a second yeah <laughs> i mean it's funny so i'm flipping through x-men issue five right now and yeah. there's so many boxes that say later <laughs> so like <laughs> as long as as long as she because of what happened in issue five as long as she doesn't show up again that we're fine <laughs> like <laughs> fallen angels needed to just finish their story right and there probably was a very long conversation right about listen i only need her for one more issue just give me one more issue and i'm good I'm or done. it was planned the whole time you know Maybe. and it's just like okay we can we can say that in the actual chronology of things, Fallen Angels ended first, and then she exactly. went into the vault, and we don't need to worry about it. But yeah. yeah, to your point, it's it kind of puts a little hole in the idea that that these 
my whole stories are of all... reading the dawns yeah yes yeah <laughs> your reason for being oh son of a bitch but um <laughs> uh, uh 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 reading through volume five is the first time that i not regretted but like was like damn it for reading mm. the volumes instead of the individual titles interesting why uh, because of Marauders, mm. and I want to say the last panel of Excalibur. Okay. Yeah, Excalibur, which is funny because they're the first two issues in the volumes. But mm-hmm. the the two last panels with having Hatemonger and Executioner in Marauders, yeah. and then it's been like, fine, fine, I'll come back later, and then getting to Excalibur, and you have an apocalypsed-out rogue and they're yeah. like, why is everyone looking at me? And then you go to, and then it's like, oh, New Mutants. You're like, you <laughs> son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, this is the first time that I've oh, been hype up. It's the first time that I've been like, damn it, man. Why can't I just, like, oh, it's fine. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Made this bed. I'm going to go sleep in it. Yeah. And it's not like, the next cliffhangers were any any less easy to sit on yeah yeah uh yeah oh man well let's let's talk about so first of all just let's just do uh marauders and excalibur first because we already broached the subject on sure them. marauders you had something you, you uh that you really liked about marauders yeah about bobby oh no that was new mutants not bobby drake bobby da costa <sighs> Yeah, I like that Bobby Takasa too. <laughs> yeah. He's so much fun. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. a whole lot of sense. Yeah. Oh my God. Because you were just reading, team. you were just reading Iceman being like, yes. where, where is was, it come? <laughs> I was like, why is this so amazing? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. No. Cool. All right, whatever. Do you no. it's fine? Oh my god, that's hilarious. Well, okay. Hickman isn't writing that. He's not, Robert. but I was like, well, he's head of X, so fine, sure. whatever. Yeah. But no. um, um, I really, really like in marauders that they're using the child hellfire club yeah you like that I, I i really liked them cool when they introduced okay. them i remember reading a little bit of them in uh in jason aaron's wolverine and the x-men but yeah i didn't I, I i don't know i think i didn't get their full arc or something um they show up maybe one or two more times as okay. like we were the antagonists behind it kind of thing okay but they are as much in the shadows as the Hellfire Club used to be. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, oh, that's cool. Yeah. And they're just children, but they all are the most ruthless children yes. you've ever seen. But because they're children, it it kind of puts a softness on everything they do. Like it's kind yeah. of still played for fun mm-hmm. a yeah. little bit. So they're having a great time. Yeah. And the girl, the little blonde girl, she yeah. loves to have pets and she loves to torture them. Yeah. And pets as in like humans or mutants. Right. And so her immaturity, quote unquote, comes out when she like complains about wanting to do more. She wants yeah. to torture more. And everyone else is just like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> we have some other stuff we got to do. Yeah. You'll get your playtime later. And yeah. she does like the pouting and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like it's, I'm so excited that they slash Hickman did not forget about them mm-hmm. because they were so like with like Shaw having been out of the picture for so long and then brainwashed to be an X-Man and Emma spending all this time as an X-Man, the Hellfire Club just wasn't really a thing. Yeah. And so 
these kids coming up and basically making their own hellfire club Mm -hmm. just it was so much fun watching this reborn hellfire do its thing and do on screen they became like my hellfire club yeah because my tenure of X-Men, right yeah yeah, yeah there is no like they don't have an arc right and then you get to new x-men and emma's a good guy right so like mm-hmm. i don't get a hellfire club yeah. you've had hellfire <laughs> and so like terrifying to me right yeah and so like i have these kids now <laughs> and like <laughs> whenever they ended up being the antagonist it was always a page turner mm-hmm. i had so much mm-hmm. fun they also them in the comics they also fit the tone of marauders really well yeah this, this kind of like this kind of like duality between like light soft like fun and kind of overly brutal like you know like that's mm-hmm. kind of the tone of of the marauders team as well with like pyro and and kate pride yeah yeah so um bringing them in just made me so happy um mm-hmm. so i'm i'm excited to read more about that Ugh. and I feel like I'm going to have this critique about every X book uh-huh. um, or X or X volume that I read, but like there are some character plays and tones and actions that I f- just feel aren't the character that we have come to know. Yeah. Like storm is really, she's really agile and she has great fighting form. Mm. Like I get that. She grew up a pickpocket. See having read eighties storm, zero surprise to me she was like uh, even while depowered she defeated cyclops for leadership of the team and was like a full full full-fledged member of the team while depowered all right well okay (laughs) fully accept is it like (laughs) i just like um with her mohawk and everything this is yeah leather jacket badass storm era She's, she's always been resourceful mm-hmm. and she's open and she's always been powerful in the face of elements mm-hmm. and every once in a while they'll be like i didn't always have these powers and she mm-hmm. like she can sword fight yeah or whatever and it's like okay cool you know do you but th- but like she uses her powers so little in marauders like mm-hmm. she used her she like when she's using her powers it's electricity in the background but right. she never she's always attacking physically yeah yeah interesting <laughs> um, and it's always it's, it, it kind of, it throws me off when i when i see her like doing a flying dragon kick <laughs> on a guy <laughs> but yeah it is what it is but it's also good to know like yeah it is kind of funny having bishop and storm team up a lot in this hmm. because when we talked about major x uh-huh that really terrible Rob right. Liefeld. Yeah. And and Major X is the kid of Storm and Bishop. Right. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. Yeah. The In the 90s, they were, when Bishop was first introduced, they were kind of playing towards a possible romance between the two of them. It's like, is it because they're the only two Black they're people? They're the only two. Know? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> because all Black people know each other and they probably have some history. So... Yeah. <laughs> Um, the, the, the atrocity that is major X 
just lingers in the back of my mind whenever I see <laughs> Bishop and and Storm have to pair up and go do something. And I'm just sure. like, stop it. Keep the Holy Ghost in between. <laughs> uh, six inches. <laughs> This is 20, it's 2021, six, six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like perfect example is like you see Storm here twice and there's lightning that she's using. Mm-hmm. And then you turn the page and she knifes a guy. I mean, she that's gets, also she kind gets of shot because like, she got de- depowered. But like, it, yeah, that's <laughs> also kind of a, a, uh, a 90s or 80s uh characterization of her where it's like her powers aren't always totally under her control and when she gets in like kind of a riled up emotional state like just weather will start happening ambiently Mm. around her because she's she's having some feelings Mm. also on marauders the predictable full heel turn from shaw i mean we knew it was coming because he's been scheming the whole time but we didn't know yeah. the extent of it, like or how fast, or how fast, or and the the idea of like, yes, I'm coming for the second council seat because that's how I get the third. No, he's just like, oh well, no, all right. Yeah, and and the other the other line from Shaw that I really liked was when he said like, look, no one wants to sit across the table from a telepath. Somebody sits yeah. down, with, somebody sits down with me, and they at least know what they what they're seeing when they see me they see money yep they see ambition and i was like oh like that is that is a really cool self-aware moment but also just a a a statement for what shaw represents to mutants and why he is on the quiet council yeah why he's on the council and also like how he could be at the same level of a telepath in oh, the Hellfire Club. Absolutely. I mean, like, good God. <laughs> I mean, wealth is a superpower. You're not going to convince, mm-hmm. you know, and and his history of shady dealings with like the Sentinel program and all this stuff, like I was saying before, with the privatizing the cure to the legacy virus, like he's always had this, this aspect to him. And it's, it's really cool seeing that character having a role in Krakoa that is part of, of the, the story because that's that's a a person in the world, in the real world, very much so. And it stands to reason that they would be grasping and clawing for power in this other setting as well. Um, yeah. Does this, and several other things that we'll get to in Dawn of X, but does this kind of allay your concerns about everything in, in Krakoa being a little too hunky-dory? This era of good feelings not being trustworthy. Yes, but not as much as some of the other titles. Yeah. Like, I never trusted Shaw to do the good thing. Right. In the first place. Mm -hmm. Not that I should have trusted any other villain to do any good thing. But, like, (laughs) (laughs) um, he's in it for the hellfire. He's in it for the money. Mm -hmm. Um, And, but I guess I, I am surprised to see how much he's like the position he has isn't enough. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and yeah. that is interesting. Mm-hmm. And it absolutely, the moves that he's making and his uh, supposed end goal is not 
the Krakoa way. Yeah. And so where that's going to end and how that ends is going to be real interesting. Absolutely. Anything else on uh, Marauders? I, I the one the one other thing that I want to bring up from Marauders before we change subject. And let me know if you have anything else too. But the morale, the mortality of Kitty Pride, and the the how they make mention of like, why do you think everyone is lined up to protect you right now? They don't think they can bring you back. I know, I know, I know. Just it makes me realize. It made me realize how much tension that adds to a story and it's like but also conversely how little comic book deaths normally add tension to a story because you always assume that the character is coming back unless there was like a big press release and a you know a a million stories on on the internet and the title is called death of character name to just really like obliterate any tension that may right may have shown up naturally yeah well honestly with non-main characters death tend to mean something and can yeah. mean something mm-hmm. like god the death of beak in, oh. in in uh new x-men yeah or astonishing x-men um mm-hmm. oh uh, that was wing right the wing the yeah committed suicide wing in the danger in, room in the danger room yeah yeah like and also, I don't think he's been back. <laughs> no, probably um, at some point in Krakoa. Yeah, I'm sure he's on the list somewhere. Yeah, yeah. So the impact of death is, is tends to be reserved for the side characters, which is weird. Mm-hmm. But also because main characters are going to get brought back because so Barbara. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But uh, with this death of of Kate. Or Drown, not, drowning of Kate. We don't know if she's dead. We don't know if she's dead. Oh man! Oh, uh, the cliffhanger though. Well, the way it was presented when it says, and um, first putting poor Lockheed in a in a. Oh net. my gosh! What an asshole! Yeah. So, <laughs> I dude, there was a part of me that when um when she's like when her eyes are rolling back, and off panel says perhaps Kitty, I thought that was gonna be a speech bubble from in the water. And I thought it was gonna be like mm. Namor or something, being like, "Why are you? Mm. Why are you here?" Mm-hmm. But then it just right. shows Shaw being all content with himself, and I was like, "Fuck off, dude!" <laughs> but, um, but yeah, oh man, I really, 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 really hope that the next issues explore why she can't walk through the gates. Yeah, I'm also strongly considering trying to learn the Krakoan alphabet. <laughs> <laughs> that. They don't translate anymore. <laughs> after issue three, after volume three, they stopped They're translating. Like, we expect for you, us. we expect you, goddamn scrubs, to know this by now. Legit. I mean, this ha- uh, we're moving on to Excalibur. <laughs> yeah, but in Apocalypse's notes, he lists three things in Krakoan, and I legit pulled up the Krakoan alphabet to see who he's talking about, and. He he said uh, monarch. The first one was monarch, okay. and then the second one was Exodus. Oh, and then the last one was Krakoa. So mm. it's referring to updates the previous methodology. Include at least one omega level mutate, and he puts monarch. Mm. Include mutate assistant of advanced age, and he puts Exodus. Include components of Krakoa to protect and sanctify Magica Superior. Interesting. Cool. 
Thanks for uh, for translating that one. Oh, you're welcome. I would never. <laughs> I was just gonna skip right by it. I can't. I can't. I can't, <laughs> dude. They're doing it all the fucking time now, and they don't yeah. translate. They're not translating. They're just. Ugh. <laughs> I'm gonna learn it. I honestly, I think Ex- I'm gonna print it out and put it on my wall. That's a good idea. Maybe I'll do that too. Okay, Excalibur. Excalibur. Um, uh, the rogue situation plays itself out as Apocalypse goes splat. Interesting the way his scheming, Apocalypse kind of. I love the line from him where he's like, lying is beneath me. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, it's 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 very doomy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've never known Apocalypse to be a schemer. Yeah. But, but his actions feel very apocalypse yeah i don't know i'm having trouble trying to wrap my head around how i feel about what apocalypse has done Mm. in this arc yeah yeah yeah. like he's acting very apocalypse and very like mutant magic superior and that's on brand well well, magic is new for him as far as i know just to this okay has he ever yes has he ever messed with matt yeah yeah he's 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 been like the 12, the stuff for the 12 was all tech stuff. Yeah. And like biotech. Well, because so, it was yeah, all magic is new. And all of his tech comes from the celestials. Like he didn't understand his own right. tech, which I <laughs> thought was interesting. Yeah. He'd just been around it long enough that he learned how to use it, but he didn't like reverse engineer very much. So yeah, his obsession with the magic, I guess, is, is pretty new. But like it's just a form of power that he doesn't already have, is my take on it. Yeah. Okay. The way he's going about it, his approach doesn't feel like, I don't know. It, hmm. The whole, like, I have my end game and I will use all the pawns to get to my end game, but I'm not going to explain my end game. Right. Um, it's this weird kind of like gray area of how I feel about it being the fact that it's Apocalypse doing this and not just like insert morally gray character here right yeah so i don't know Mm -hmm. this apocalypse compared to x-men issue four apocalypse feels like two different apocalypse (laughs) apocalypse (laughs) yeah Yeah, Um, it's true yeah and rogue brings up a good point of like he seems to be actually kind of doing good right or he and then i like the other line too he might be the villain in this story but betsy you're the hero yeah it's like oh yeah <laughs> okay so i'm a little confused about what went on with the sword of might and the and the amulet of right uh-huh so brian gives the amulet to betsy yeah. in the past to to make her the new captain right. britain yep. so she never actually went through the trial and right. at some point i guess when he got brought back he went and did the trial again yeah and chose the sword yeah and did that off screen yeah he so now because by choosing the sword he brings shame upon nightdom right but he can't wield the sword because then there'd be two captain britons oh i thought he can't wield the sword just because he's ashamed of it he's dishonored but yeah but 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 and, and like he doesn't trust himself to to use it good it uses its power for good because yeah. he spurned the amulet which would be the tool that would let him use it for good 
Yeah. Well, he says there's enough terrible controversy about your ascension without me trying to be a hero too. They won't accept you if they find out about me. They'll want me yeah. to wield the sword against you. It makes right. Sense. So, and then the last cell they trade or something. Yeah. She's like, she's like, I didn't take the test for the amulet. You just gave it to me. Right. But she didn't take the test for the sword either. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then there's just a cell of their torsos looking like they're trading tools. Yeah. But like, I don't know. It, it didn't make a whole lot of sense. Yeah. I'm have to not, see where it goes. We'll have to see where it goes. Um, uh, but the, the cliffhanger was a mind blower. Oh, which one? The, the uh, apocalypse uh, don't bother me while I work. Yeah. Dissecting Morgan Le Fay. Yeah. And the Bru- asterisk, it, it would be wrong to call it an autopsy because she's very much still alive. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Cause like yeah. Morgan Le Fay, she's she's huge. She's a big player. Yeah. She trained uh Dr. Doom. Oh. oh. In in the ways of magic. Oh. Yeah. There there's this whole time travel story about Tony and, and Doom getting uh sent i guess i guess to other world but mm-hmm. it's presented as back in time to right. the days of camelot sure and sure. and tony learns something and he becomes like a knight and then mm. and doom the whole reason why doom went there is to learn magic from morgan lefay mm. like she is a long time background player yeah absolutely. and she's she's never been a main a specifically like current main villain because she's always been in the camera right. times at least of what we've read i'm sure there yeah. have been i'm sure i'm sure yeah. there's some handful of stories that we yeah. don't care about right but but like apocalypse is just digging around in her torso yeah oh my gosh oh. also also jamie braddock as king of other world is terrifying uh-huh because that dude's crazy yeah, well, and it was crazy that they were like, so I'm I'm not familiar with Otherworld at yeah. all. Yeah. And when they're talking about how like, yeah, an Otherworld can be shaped by the mind and by, it's like, it's influenced by emotion mm-hmm. uh, because it's a magical place, this, that, and the other. Mm-hmm. So what would happen if it was ruled by a reality warping mutant? Madman. Like, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, nothing good. <laughs> nothing good can come of this. <laughs> oh man so i'm really interested to see where this goes yeah i'm actually invested in other world and that's weird yeah it is yeah i have one more note on uh, excalibur and that is well while i feel like gambit held the idiot box a little too long in this <laughs> in this story mm-hmm. i do like that they stuck with maybe his most defining trait which is he just doesn't know right from wrong. <laughs> you know, like, I feel like that's the thing that in all of Gambit's appearances that's most important is he just, like, he doesn't have a reliable moral compass. He he constantly, like, thinks he's doing the right thing and turns out that he isn't. He's like the anti-cap. <laughs> you know, yeah. mm-hmm. you can always count on Steve Rogers to be, to be the one who it turns out was on the right side of things and gambit cannot count on him at all yeah 
he'll have good intentions, but he gets tricked easily. And mm-hmm. yeah. What was the next issue? The next issue, oh, Fallen Angels finished. And then after that, uh, New Mutants. So we get a semi-conclusion. <laughs> so we get a semi-conclusion to the hostage situation yeah. um, in New Mutants 6. And then in New Mutants 5, we get Bobby, Bobby DaCosta trying to pick up on Deathbird. <laughs> their 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 dick comparison was hilarious. Uh, when he, uh, <laughs> he's just like, I can buy I I can buy small countries. It's kind of a big deal. It's just like I, I buy planets. planets. It, it, is it is a big, big deal. So it's great. This is this is why I. I just love reading this new mutants title. It's it's pure writer porn. This is like this is just Hickman ha- having a just way too much fun. Like sometimes as a writer, sometimes you just like you you find a character and you just hit a voice that just tickles you and you can just sort of channel that character and just keep going and write them in any situation and you constantly have just interesting and fun things for that character to say and i can just you can feel hickman vibing on this character and just being like yes and this yes and this yes and this bobby (laughs) (laughs) and i just it's it's writer porn i just love i I just love watching that go you know it's like uh peter david with uh with with strong guy is a similar Mm. sort of thing you know you you just can put the a writer who just has this perfect affinity with this character and like yes it's very different from how bobby's written by any other writer i don't care all his other character all all his other appearances all his other characterizations retroactively (laughs) non-canonical this this is the definitive bobby da costa i I, i'll take that with me to my grave i will agree but i really did like aim bobby yeah aim bobby was a lot aim bobby was this bobby less sex more money (laughs) yeah like the same the same ego yeah and just being like well it's fine i just bought it anyway like (laughs) like that kind of personality and and just feeding into my love of Hickman is just like, it doesn't matter how many characters he's in charge of. Mm-hmm. He somehow remembers all of their personalities. And finds, finds the way to make them shine. Yeah. In the way that he wants to, you know? I've yeah. never seen karma win this way. Put <laughs> <laughs> <Not> yourself. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a compliment. <laughs> I think you're ter- I think you're a terrible person, but yeah, I like your shiny. No, light. no, it's cool. like your your skin, your your soft skin is gross, but I like your shiny like. <laughs> Punch yourself, and then just her little like Chun Li victory pose after, <laughs> when the guy falls down, and you just, and you just have uh, Rain already done, just <laughs> sitting on her trophy, just like whenever, whenever you're ready. Yeah. I'm, but, Let's move on. <laughs> I I love that uh that aside with uh with uh Chamber and, and Mondo. And they're like, oh. you don't know any of these people, do you? No. What do you think of them? 
girls are all right. A little weird. <laughs> Magic's a little intense. <laughs> what do you think of the guys? Yeah, they're shit. Cool. Uh, terrible. You want to help them out? Nah. Nah. Let's get a drink. <laughs> yeah, that was another cliffhanger too. And yep. then uh, the very last freaking thing. Well, I'll tell you another issue of New Mutants. See you next month. And the next issue is cleaning up the armor. <laughs> I think that's angel. just to fuck with you. Yeah. Well, he did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's it's so it's so much so so much fun. Yeah. Okay. X Force. Okay. X Force. Generally, I like it. Yeah. I have couple of gripes Mm -hmm. i've already talked about the main one yeah but like especially in issues five and six beast is really leaning in on this x x force thing yeah this is i'm this is the reason why he left the (laughs) (laughs) x-men and now he's leading it yeah like it's ah yeah Ah, it's 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 okay this is how i'm gonna meet myself in the middle mm-hmm. for something that may not even happen right if xavier is convinced that x-force is needed because he is right then and he then needs Hank will a capable follow. no oh. he needs a capable person at yeah. the head of x-force yeah and so he tweaks hank's mind oh to be dedicated to to the point of breaking the rules mm. to being willing to kill humans yeah in order to get the job done mm-hmm. if xavier has messed with beast's mind mm. to make it so he knows beast will follow uh charles to the grave yeah. and so get him so dedicated mm. that he will compromise his own morals to lead this team Mm-hmm. then i'm okay with the beast and x-force mm. other than that like it's just, it's, it's a far fall yeah it's so different yeah from every other beast we've gotten yeah he's not he's not the one he's not the attacker he's the pacifist intelligent guy right he's the tech guy he's the science guy yeah this this isn't the beast that we've had for 70 years yeah it's so different of yes. all of the characters we've gotten so far in the in the dawn titles beast feels the most different even even more so than the villains yeah more so than the villains more so than than this xavier. adult kate pride yeah so xavier the, maybe xavier's like i i don't i don't i don't trust it i don't know so here's okay. So it's the, it's all the helmet. It's all not being able to see that man's eyes. It's not being able to see the out. man's eyes. Absolutely. However, comma the rebirth issue or uh, arc that um, brought Xavier yeah. back. Yeah. Where he just decides he wants to go by X. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Uh, the the one before Dawn of X. Gotcha. Yeah, 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 okay. yeah. Just before yeah. Dawn of X, his his latest rebirth. <laughs> um, well, not not the one during Dawn of X where he gets killed. No, 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 okay. no, 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 no. Um, I have I have some thoughts on that in a sec, but uh, that yeah. one it was very much questionable of the kind of man that was reborn as Charles Xavier. Mm, okay, 
the 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 bullet point version is uncanny x-force gets involved with fighting uh shadow king turns out shadow king has xavier's psyche or astral form imprisoned on the astral plane okay david holler finds out and go at legion finds out and goes and recruits uh, like phantom x and psylocke and warren worthington and the the general the current x-force team yeah and says let's go and save my dad yeah using holler's uh reality warping powers and uh xavier's telepathic abilities they take over and rewrite phantom x's body Mm. and that's how xavier came back he's you he was using before he died (laughs) he was using phantom x's body his uh his speech bubbles were inverted they were black background with white text oh okay that's creepy yeah um he's walking away and and psylocke reaches out telepathically he's like um i'm kind of nervous is this really you and he's like trust me this is me i have some things i need to do i prefer to go by x now i'll see you later and he walks off oh like he's not happy he's not loving yeah he comes off very cold yeah and he goes by x and then he just pieces out we don't see him again until dawn until house of x and powers of 10 right 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 yeah so that xavier because that happened pre (laughs) house of powers yeah is not as huge of a character change to me compared to a beast or kate bishop or kate um kate pride or most of the other villains just apocalypse apocalypse absolutely this this the beast being on x-force is mm-hmm. odd I, I, yeah it's, i'm trying to think of times that i've read beast where he's been a little more morally questionable and it's yeah not much right the only other time was when he brought the brought the, the original five yeah x-men over but then he regretted his decision and yeah, then it was he more got, just him being a dumbass than him yeah and then when he got the power he got the power of the black mirror to expand his mind to cosmic levels he realized that time was broken and mm-hmm. so he couldn't send them back in the first place like he he and that completely defeated him and that that took away all of his drive and and like his personal moral defense in, into the actions of what he'd done because he couldn't fix it. Mm. Okay. And, 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 and that is the beast that we, that we've had forever. Yeah. This beast claiming to be the conductor of his symphony of X-Force is not the beast that we know. <laughs> yeah. That is very strange. It is. Yeah. Yeah. There's, I'm some, also... there's like one or two tonal elements. Like his voice is still similar, but his morals mm-hmm. are off. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. That's it's what. A... That's why. That's why I'm thinking if he's tweaked by Xavier because yeah. Xavier needs this Black Ops team and he needs them to be unquestioning, and so he has Beast right. do it. Right. I'm in. Interesting. Until then, ah. Yeah. <laughs> um. I also. Organic tech, I'm not sold on. On yeah, organic tech. There's a lot of it in this in in Donovex. Yeah, 
yeah it doesn't it doesn't look as cool it's just kind of like sludgy and and slimy yeah and like i don't know there's too much of like oh yeah it can do anything <laughs> that really is yeah it just it it doesn't feel like forge to me I I don't spend a lot of time. I have not spent a lot of time with Forge on screen. Yeah. I only have my frame of references. Yeah. And the two defining characteristics of Forge for me is yeah. uh he is devout Cheyenne uh yeah. um and and very strong Shaman. in his, sh- yeah. it, shamanic magic. Uh yeah, very very strong in his uh Native American roots. Yeah. And he can invent tech. Yeah. That any any invent any tech that he can think of, he can make. Right. And that was his mutant ability. Yep. This yeah. Krakoan tech thing doesn't doesn't. Uh, yeah, it's a little bit of a disconnect for me. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. Um, and we talked about Forge in the last pod a little more, or maybe yeah. the one before. Um, some more notes on X Force. Um like i was saying before with this just sort of like the lack of tension in in character deaths it, it's interesting to me how that's doubly so in krakoa when like wolverine gets cut in half and you're like yeah he's fine it was really brutal when he got put back together <laughs> 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 oh um, my gosh it, it's interesting to see quentin choir's head blown off and you just be like eh. yeah he's on his way right back and uh let's see what else black tom the yes. little blurb that they had on Black Tom. It the makes sense of Black Tom Cassidy. It makes sense to me now that they would give his job to a crazy person instead of like we were talking about, like, why don't they give it to Fauna or whoever? Mm-hmm. It's because the job drives you crazy. Yeah. <laughs> so you may as well give it to somebody who's already off their rocker. It's funny because I feel bad because I don't think i ever knew that black tom's powers were plant-based my only so it's so funny because i feel like every time we talk about a bunch of characters in dawn it's going to be my only frame of reference is because and then i'm like my only frame of reference i know right that's why we're perfect (laughs) together exactly um like black tom hasn't shown up on page with the exception of the X Factor story where Layla brings him back. That was Tom, right? No, that was Fitzroy. Fitzroy. <gasps> I was getting the two mixed up. Because, okay. Okay. Because doesn't Fitzroy? He makes. He's got the like, the like armor. Yeah. The 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 time. The the yeah uh, yeah. Right. Okay. Because and because that's the toy that I was thinking of. <laughs> is is the like that like light green. <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. green armor. Uh-huh. And in my head, that was Black Tom. Oh. That was not Fitzroy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay. I know okay. nothing about Black Tom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I thought it was the, the, the armor guy. Okay. 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 So so quick quick primer on Black Tom. Obviously, Banshee's brother. Estranged for a long time. You know, criminal like you do. Good friends with Juggernaut. They team up a lot on various things and they're like each the only person that either has ever shown any sort of like loyalty or human kindness towards Mm. (laughs) except for like the times when they do some like when 
Juggernaut was a member of the X-Men and befriended Squid Boy. But anyway, uh, <laughs> Raised Siren. Uh, oh. Yeah, Banshee didn't know that he had had a kid. Black Tom raised her her whole life, uh, kept her secret from Banshee, and was basically like took work as a criminal to to like pay the bills. Right. And he controls plant life. And he's one with plant life. Well, like I was saying last week or whenever we did the pod, he didn't have those powers at first. He just shot lasers out of his shillelagh as an outrageous Irish Irish stereotype. And then he got experimented on by Weapon X. They grafted plant matter into his body and his plant powers uh, uh, expanded considerably. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Black Tom. Yeah, Trevor Fitzroy is a criminal from Bishop's Future who that, who died and Layla brought him back and he did yeah well and he's also the reason that Bishop ended up in six one six in the first place. Fitzroy opened up a time portal to six one six and Bishop went through chasing him. Right. Anyway, boom. Fitzroy was also the person who killed all of the Hellions, the original Hellions. Yes. Interesting. Ah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right. Two more things that I have on X-Force. One, shout out to San Luis Obispo. Uh-huh, right? <laughs> yeah, saw that and I was like, hey. <laughs> and also, did did I read it correctly that Xavier arranged his own death at the hand of those mercenaries? Um, He's saying like they needed a reason to unite without they me. They needed, yeah, they needed something and... Uh, they needed to learn that the power was to create Krakoa came from themselves, not from me. I think I wasn't sure because it, so, it, it, it. I read it that way, and then the next few pages kind of seemed to contradict it. Right. I wasn't. So I wasn't certain. I think Xavier knew that it needed to happen, mm-hmm. and he was kind of borderline waiting for it to happen, but he didn't think it was sure. going to happen that fast. Ah, uh, gotcha. And he didn't. He didn't make it happen himself. He didn't. Xavier's confession. He hoped for death. He dreamt welcomingly of the bullet or the blade or the poison that would fell him. So, yeah, he knew it was going to happen. He knew it needed to happen to bring Krakoa together. Yeah. So, yeah, Krakoa needed a Lusitania. Krakoa needed a Pearl Harbor. Right. And he knew his death was going to be the Pearl Harbor. Right. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. (sighs) X-Men. Close it on out. X-Men. This was the series that I had the least notes on, and it wasn't for lack of <laughs> interesting things happening. I just, I don't know where to start. My my notes are for this seven words. <laughs> line, and I broke it up with line breaks. First line is, I mean ellipsis. <laughs> Second line is vault and mystique. And third line, we already covered, X-23 chronology. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, by the way, I love when she, when they call her X-23, and she's like, actually, I'm Wolverine. And Logan's just like, get him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the Master Mold facility, or the vault. Um, yeah. The vault. Oh my so gosh. the 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 I looked up the the children of the vault because I knew that I'd seen that name before, but I didn't remember it. I couldn't place it. They were in like a 2006 story, yeah. um, in like 
the X-Men book right before it was relaunched as X-Men Legacy. So right before Messiah Complex. Yeah, um, this is... Um, and they haven't been used since then. No, this is when... Uh, so Mystique was on the team. Oh, God. And... Um, oh, but the second time, not during Milligan's run. Okay. Yeah. Uh, this is also when Iceman re- reconstituted himself from Mist. Okay. He got destroyed and he yeah. came back from mist. And okay. he said it was hard to breathe and Mystique kissed him. <laughs> oh yeah. That was, that was how the issue ended. It was really or at least the scene yeah. ended. It was, yeah. it was weird. But the child I don't remember specifically much about the children of the vault and their previous appearance. Yeah. They I'm mostly going off of the information that Hickman gives in this issue. <laughs> no, yeah. So they were they were introduced literally like in that storyline, but as in uh, implied to be major players, like they, okay. they could be ma- major players. Oh, interesting. And so bringing them back for issue five is awesome. The vault is, um, I want to say it was discovered, at least it, the first time it was put on screen was Cassandra Nova found it. Um, and she, oh, that's okay. where she introduced... That's where we get introduced to the concept of um, secondary mutations. Is oh um, when she, when she's oh, on that expedition okay. with the random guy that she talked. She's she's like with some like random oh. tour guy, forest guy. Wait, and they go was to that, that they, they go to like, the vault. Okay, when she was talking to last to like the whatever like random member of the Trask family, right? Like distantly related to. Uh, Bolivar Trask. That mm-hmm. was during the the E for Extinction storyline. The Genosian mm, yeah, uh, yeah. genocide. Okay, um, okay. Putting th- trying to put things together. Yeah. So, but yeah, the vault isn't used too much because um, there was mm-hmm. a because of so and it's different from the world. But so, yeah, it's very because similar. so the world is where a lot of different weapons have come from. Right. The Weapon Plus program. Yeah. Phantom X. Phantom X being Weapon Thirteen. Weapons right. 11, 12, and 13, I think, are from the world. Yeah. Um, I think through 15, right? The 15 was the one that got loose that they had to... 15, yeah. 15 is still in the world, I think. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, so there was so much focus on the world. Yeah. They just kind of left the vault alone. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the children of the yeah. vault, when they showed up, they like... They were clearly really powerful, but am I remembered correctly that they kind of needed to be protected from something? Yeah, they had some sort of collective weakness that they exploited. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Um, I have the comic somewhere sure. in storage, so um, I'll, I'll have to find which one it is. Okay. Well, yeah, Children of the Vault. Stoked to see them back because they were they were interesting, and a lot of it had to do with the artists at the time. Um, they were just done compellingly <laughs> yeah um and so stoked to see them there yeah okay yeah that'll be really curious how they're used in the future because they're they're a pretty blank slate but they seem to have a lot of potential and they have very hickman aesthetics <laughs> yeah yeah <for laughs> like <sure>. a, <laughs> a character who's pure monochrome is just hickman bait completely absolutely in seraphina and uh, uh, Mystique. Oof. Yeah. Talk about an end to the era of good feelings in, in Krakoa. Oh, God. Right? Oh, my God. Oh, my God. 
And it's you funny, knew, <sighs> yeah. Sorry, go ahead. From I the instant that they said no precogs, yes, you knew yes. that this was going to have to be a conflict. Yes, oh. but this just set it up in such a stark way. Oh my gosh! We got, but and <laughs> um, not bringing back destiny and holding that over Mystique. Do you think? Do you think Mystique is going to? Because she's doing missions over in the Orcus group, right? Yeah. And the Orcus scientist woman was like, I think I have a way to get my husband back. Oh, yeah. Do you think she is going to have them bring Destiny back? Mm. No. Okay. And also, okay, well, when the so hell I will, is I will Moira going to show um, her face again? Yes, it's like the only reason that they're not bringing Destiny back is because of Moira. Like Moira's insistence, no precogs. Moira wants to be the single source of truth as to, you know, the future that they're trying to avoid or trying to create. Like she is establishing herself as a monopoly on that information. On the future, yeah. And, you know, having other precogs undermines her in that. Gosh, dude. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Just uh it, to have Xavier be the one to say and she will return when you have earned it. Uh, yeah. Brutal. Uh, it's Absolutely X, man. Brutal. It's X. <laughs> it's not the Xavier we know. It's X. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And uh, so Mystique has never proven to be the one to get the big plan done. No. Like, but, but she's she always is... been in positions of power. Yeah, always. I mean, she got herself a seat on like, oh God, I want to say that, you know, her original Raven Darkholm alias was, she was like a high up government agent. Like she was in some sort of deep position in the Department of Defense. She was like Val Cooper's level. Like they were mm-hmm. colleagues. Or maybe even Val Cooper's boss. And then and that's um, just one of her many aliases. Yeah. So recently she ran Magipore. Oh, okay. She made Magipore safe for mutants, basically. Okay. And like she became kind of the kingpin of Magipore. Um, and she was pulling strings, yada yada yada. And then, you know, she Icarused it, got a little too close to the wrong son and it came falling apart she got ousted okay i'm just i I went on the wiki now she was the deputy director of darpa the defense the defense (laughs) advanced research project agency yeah like she what i want to see or what i think might what we might see is she's going to start recruiting in the shadows or at least planting seeds of doubt yeah make a brotherhood yeah, I don't think she's going to be the one to burn it all to the ground. Yeah. Like Destiny told her to. Yeah. But I I I strongly believe she's going to play a she, she's play she's a going to she's gonna be the MCU Zemo of Krakoa. <laughs> she can't topple the mutants. More yeah. powerful men than her have tried. Yeah. But they can defeat themselves. Yeah. 
I totally agree. Oh man. Just yeah. oh man. Hickman. And so, it's it's interesting to see Mystique. Like I feel like Mystique's star as a character really raised when they accidentally cast pre superstar Jennifer. <laughs> Why am I blanking on the actress's name? Jennifer Lawrence. Jennifer Lawrence. Yeah, pre superstar Jennifer Lawrence to play her and then then she did hunger games and they're like oh we have to keep putting her in bigger bigger roles and in, in the movies where she may not uh, you know the 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 character may not actually fit but it is actually aspect. warranted considering her like her place in mutant history well, yeah but because in 616 she doesn't age because her her genetics are fluid right she, she she's had the, all the time in the world to set everything up yeah having a real-time aging j-law and slash mystique as yeah. this headstrong leader yeah. of the x of the newest version of the x-men did, didn't, and, didn't fit did you did you watch Dark Phoenix finally? I did. I watched it on an airplane. It was. Did you notice that they killed the shapeshifter? Yeah. <laughs> With... <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Just had her out of makeup as much as possible, and then dead very quickly. Rebecca Romaine did such a better job. It, it by not talking. It was also. <laughs> Dark Phoenix is one of those movies where, you know, a movie's bad when you check frequently to see how long it is before it's how over. Much, like you look at the progress. <laughs> oh my gosh, so true. Man, what a bad movie. What a bad movie. As far as, as, anyway. far as third movies in franchises go, Logan's the only good not... mutant third movie. In my that wasn't opinion. even the third movie of the... It was the fourth. It was first class, Days of Future Past, Apocalypse. Oh then, yeah, Apocalypse. Happened. Yeah, let's 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 not remember that one either. And then Dark Phoenix. That's oh, another one. Wow. I felt bad because we watched we watched Apocalypse in the theater together. Yeah. And uh, uh, Rachel came with us to that one. Yeah. And what a terrible. She, she did not. She 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 you know doesn't know X Men at all. Doesn't care. Good for her. Like. I, I mean that seriously, like you've escaped Fine. this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you've escaped this compulsion that has trapped me. But um, there's that scene where Apocalypse is doing the fifth element thing and sucking all of the informa- information about human history from the television. Oh, yeah. And Storm's like, what are you doing? And in his first words of English are, I'm learning. <laughs> And Rachel just busts out laughing. And oh, as soon as man. she does, now I do too. And right? I'm like, I'm kind of feeling bad because I don't want to like wreck it for like all of our friends who are <laughs> in, in watching with us. But like, <sighs> what an absolutely atrocious line. <laughs> just so dumb. Yeah. Balls. But anyway, anyway, at least we have comics. At least we have Don of X. Anything else you want to say about, I mean, again, like these Hickman issues of X-Men are just little mind bombs. Like I, I didn't write notes on this. I don't have 
much to say about it, but I have so much to think about it. It's <laughs> yeah, just going to be like chewing its way through my subconscious. Like, but then, but what? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, dude. And we've, we have so much more. Yeah. So stoked. I'm stoked too. I'm very, very stoked. It's funny. Um, Don is a um, period of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Don, Don just recently ended. Oh, it did. And, yeah. And they're doing um, a different of X. It's like morning, mid, mid, and morning of X, and then midday of X, and then <laughs> afternoon of X. <laughs> um, <laughs> Dinner, supper, afternoon tea, second breakfast of X. Uh, anything else? Uh, do you want to wrap the pod? I think that does it. Next time, I think I've got uh, some Captain Marvel. I have some Daredevil. Back down to lesser characters <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, yeah we'll see we'll see what we'll see what happens next week i'm, I'm excited okay N- next week i have the uncanny x-men in shiar space battling the phalanx that looks interesting got a few issues of wolverine i've got the beast limited series which i remember having as a kid so we'll see how that holds up and if i get there some few issues of x-man with uh havoc's brotherhood and uh some side stories of incredible hulk cameo wolverine awesome sweet good stuff good stuff well always a pleasure talking to you man yeah it's nice to catch up yeah and um i'll see you next week see you next week we'll put the outro music oh. yeah. 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 Yeah.